The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Today, the WWE family mourns the passing of the Dean of WWE Ring Announcing, Howard Finkel. In a career that spanned over five decades, Howard established himself as arguably the greatest ring announcer in WWE history. He was the signature voice that hearkened in the reign of champions. Hallmark sound stamped on some of the most memorable moments in WWE history. Only one of Shawn Michaels' feet hit the floor. And through it all, Howard was never afraid to have fun. This is the look that everybody wishes they could have. Howard was the ultimate impersonator. always game to boogie on down. Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen! And while bowling, tennis, and toupees may not have been his forte. What do you think? There's no question Howard's booming voice and signature style of formal wear as the only wear made him beloved to friends and family alike. Howard will forever be remembered as a stalwart announcer and a loyal friend to everyone in the WWE family. I've had so many wonderful moments, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes. It has been a marvelous time for me, the magical journey. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, now in association with IndiePW.com. We are sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. In partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JK Podcast. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. Listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, Castbox, a bunch of other podcatchers, and now available on Spotify. As always, I am Carl Carafel. And I am Big Joe. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, absolutely. Carl, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling. And as you heard on the at the top of the show before Carl's intro there, that this past week we lost a very significant person in the world of professional wrestling. Carl, this one uh, hit me right in the feels. I don't know about you on this one, but I mean, we're talking about Mr. Howard Finkel. We'll, we'll just uh, uh, say right off the hop here. This guy was, I did some research on this. So he started with the company back in 1975. Now... From my research, that makes him the longest tenured employee, uh, quote unquote, 
in the WWE, uh, I believe, until his death. He was still considered to be an employee of WWE. He was still technically under a contract uh, somewhat with them. So, I mean, this man was around forever. I mean, going all the way back to the Mass and Square Garden days when they would lower the mic down from the ceiling for the uh, the ring announcer to announce the show. And for a great deal of our childhood watching professional wrestling, I mean, this man was kind of the voice for a lot of these moments that would happen, especially when somebody would win a championship. Mr. Howard Finkel would be the one to announce the winner. That's right. And you guys heard the classic and new, whatever it was, whether it was Intercontinental, WWE, whatever. Howard Finkel just had that voice to him that was amazing. Uh, If we take any validity to what Vince McMahon has decided to put out in a tweet regarding Howard Finkel is that he said Howard Finkel was the first employee. Wow. The first employee with the WWE, WWF back at that time. Uh, Just just amazing. And then there was another clip that had come out. Uh, I can't remember who shared it, but somebody had shared a clip of when he was on Legends House. Yes. If you guys have not seen Legends House, go and check it out on the WWE Network. Uh, amazing stuff coming out of Legends House. Uh, some some comedy, some uh, you know, f- some stuff that hits you right in the feels. Um, just like this one here, where Howard Finkel uh, kind of broke down a little bit and and said that you know he was he was bullied. He was bullied very badly growing up, and that this is something that was what isn't just something of, of today's age, but back when he was a kid as well. Yeah. That this stuff was actually happening, and that he overcame it and that his way by overcoming it was through this avenue of talking and this avenue of really getting a voice for himself and putting it out there and being allowed the opportunity to really work with that in the WWF at the time, WWE as it's known now. So yeah, just an amazing guy all around. And just like you said, uh, a voice of our childhood and uh, yeah, I mean, It's very sad to see, but happy that we have these experiences and these memories that we can look back on. You had mentioned the story that you shared in the Legends House, and I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, I actually watched that same clip as well, kind of getting ready for the show this week. And uh, I can very much relate uh, to Mr. Howard Finkel in this respect. I mean, as a child, I was bullied pretty heavily as well and, you know, told that uh, there's a lot of things that I couldn't do. And then now getting a chance to do a lot of those things that I was told that I would never be able to do. So I can very much relate uh, to him on that. So, you know, props to him. I mean, to, I think he basically said, you know, to kind of prove everybody wrong by having my own success. It was something along those lines. And so just a tremendous amount of respect for him and he'll be sorely missed. And um, I don't think that there'll ever be quite the announcer than uh, what we have with Mr. Howard Finkel. Going all the way back to, um, I guess, 1975. So I think that would have been technically still during the WWF with Vince McMahon Sr. So, I mean, Finkel goes way back and uh, had some really incredible moments and uh, wasn't uh, afraid to kind of poke fun and make fun of himself. Uh, he liked to be part of uh, a lot of little segments as well. So, you know, he was more than just a ring announcer. He was a character and uh, was a damn yeah. good one. So Yes, he was. All right, Carl. Well, before that happened, um, we had a pretty big bombshell dropped on us this week. Um, it is kind of being coined as Black Wednesday was the uh, the day last week when all of this madness started to happen here. And I don't know about you, but like my Facebook and my messages started uh, really kind of going crazy with uh, fans and uh, you know not only messaging but posting about this on social media. Uh, WWE releasing several talent and other employees. Um, wow, this one really kind of came out of nowhere. Just like you, my phone was blowing up. I I actually had to uh, <laughs> uh, plug my phone in because it was dying. Yeah. It was down at 4%. By the time I was able to really get through different articles, different yeah. Facebook posts, different messages that people were sending to me and, and people were asking me questions going, did you know and how could this and you know who's going to be next and did you know about this beforehand and all of this stuff. And I'll put this out there to you people. I don't know about this stuff beforehand. No. Uh, as much as I would love to really have that type of an involvement, unfortunately, I don't. Uh, but yeah, like this was this was huge. We're looking like over 30 people. And that's including active talent. Yep. 
that, that's including talent that wasn't so active, including backstage, including management, including people in the office. Like this is this is encompassing the entire world of the WWE, not just talent. Yeah, when I sat down with uh, with Rick doing um, the Hot Tag WrestleCast this week, we talked to Mr. William Alicia, who has kind of an inside scoop on all this kind of stuff. And essentially, we're looking at about 40% of the company essentially being cut. Now, whether it be layoffs, whether it just be strap firing, or whether these the situation called a furlough, which is essentially a layoff, but you're still getting benefits in your job, should still be there once the um, all this kind of uh, passes by. So, it, yeah, just it's it, um, one of those things, too, that uh, I think we need to kind of address here, because this has definitely uh, come up quite often, of how WWE could do this. You know, they have so much money, they should be able to keep these people around and look at, like, New Japan, Ring of Honor, all these companies are keeping everybody on and paying them. We're talking a really different situation when it it comes to personnel WWE has a lot more people ring of honor and whatnot yes sinclair is a much bigger uh, parent company compared to what wwe has but you know just the the wrestling company of ring of honor uh, and these other ones they're pretty minuscule when it comes to comparing it against wwe and given the current financial situations i mean this is pretty much a must to do here carl and looking at some of these names um one thing that i want to talk to you about is what are the big ones that kind of stood out to you? Um, but well, I'll start with my, myself first. The the one big one that leaped off the page to me, Carl, that was a really surprise, uh, quite the surprise. And we're talking tenured employees there for a long time, alongside Mr. Howard Finkel, maybe not quite that long, but uh, uh, Mr. Mike Chioda uh, included in this list of releases. That was, believe it or not, the one that really kind of leaped off the page to me here, Carl. I mean... This guy was with the company for a long time and was instrumental in a lot of these big matches, you know, referee for a lot of these big matches and, you know, again, doing some character work and whatnot too. So this was one that was a real shocker for me, uh, just outside of wrestling talent itself. Definitely it was considering that he, you know, is the, or, or was the, uh, head referee yeah. essentially, uh, the one that had been there the longest. Um, yeah, it was a real surprise to actually see his name on there. Uh, honestly, I would have thought that maybe some of these newer referees that have come in, that they may have, you know, maybe decided to, you know, kind of cut their losses with, uh, with these new ones, uh, and stuck with, you know, ones that have been loyal to the company for all of these years. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very much. So it was a, see that name, um, for myself, given that this person is actually, uh, or was, you know, kind of part of a storyline, um, very odd to see Rusev. Yeah. Uh, kind of leaving or being, you know, let go from the company, considering this whole Bobby Lashley, Lana, um, you know, love triangle type of show that they were putting on. Mm -hmm. And now essentially we're kind of left open ended with, you know, no real resolution to this, considering now he's gone from the company. Yeah. Now, when it comes to probably one's, um, or it looked like it really hit them hard. I mean, Drake Maverick is the one that, that, that stands out to right off the hop. I mean, he even went on Twitter and posted a video, um, really just breaking down in tears. I mean, th- this guy clearly um, loves the wrestling business and it was quite upset about being let go and uh, you know his future in the business really seems uncertain. Uh, this one hit him really hard. It definitely did, and, and it totally came across that way in the video that he did post. Um you got to understand that these superstars that are there within the WWE, they're human, just like you and I. Yep. They share the same emotions that you and I share. <clears throat> uh, think of it as yourself being let go from your job that you've been at for and, and something that you have done for, you know, 15, 20 years. This has been your life. And now all of a sudden you're let go from the largest company in the world. It's like somebody starting out in, in, in the bottom with like RC Cola and then making their way up the ranks all the way up to Coca-Cola and being, I'm at the top of the game here and then being told, oh yeah, so, you know, you've put in you know 15 years into the cola business and yep. uh, yeah, we, sorry, but uh, we kind of have to let you go. It's going to hit you hard. Yeah, it's going to hit you very hard. 
And uh, we, we've seen that now in Drake Maverick. And then the other one that comes out, and I know that you have a little bit of a varying opinion on this. Um, somebody was let go. Mm-hmm. And their wife is actually pregnant. Yeah. And we're talking Kurt Hawkins. Yep. A um, little bit of a, I know that you have a different opinion on this. And I've seen some of the uh, the replies that you've had to, <laughs> to some, some of the people out there yep. in the world of Facebook. And uh, we've seen some, uh, uh, not retaliation, but some heads up from, uh, you know, our good friend Michael Jargo as well on yep. this. But yeah, we're looking like someone else who, you know, has a baby on the way, um, has been released and, and kind of sitting there going, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. And I have this child on the way. Yep. Yeah, pretty much that that kind of situation. Somebody had uh, put a post on social media. Well, oh, this guy was in the WWE, so he should have tons of money sitting around. Not the case with somebody like Kurt Hawkins. Uh, you know, he was a lower mid card guy making probably about two hundred grand a year. So you know, he's not swimming in money. You know, like some of these up top tier talents and. Uh, this is just uh, bad timing for, for his family. So, I, I mean, he's a pretty talented guy, so I think that he could possibly end up, you know, like an Impact or, you know, like an MLW you know, and at least do something to, to kind of keep things afloat. But um, that's one thing that, um, you know, fans need to be aware of. Not everybody's making the same money in WWE. It really depends on a lot of different factors of how much you make. It, yeah, it definitely does. And I, I do want to point out that these uh, the, these these talents that are considered the mid-card or mid-class talents, uh, they have to pay for their own travel. They have to pay for their own, you know, their own breakfast and lunch. Um, you know, a supper or or a meal, at least, is usually prepared, uh, catered in uh, by the WWE while at the events. But, I mean, you're looking, if they're not doing you know, seven days a week, if they're only doing three days a week of, uh, of tapings or shows or anything like that, that's only three times that the WWE is catering and providing a meal. The rest of the time they have to, while they're traveling that they paid for themselves, have to get their own food by themselves because the WWE is not covering it. Um, rental cars are on them. They have to pay for the rental cars. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I mean like they're, it may seem as though that they're making this, you know, exuberant amount of money in like $200,000 a year, but the extra expenses that they have on top of that, uh, flights normally aren't, aren't all that cheap. Yep. You know, then you've got your meals and you've got your rental vehicles and then, you know, all of this stuff. And if you're not dropping the vehicle off at the same place, place that you picked it up there's usually an additional cost on top of that and Mm -hmm. you know so there's all these little compounding factors that at the end of the year that two hundred thousand dollars might be you know eighty thousand sixty thousand you know something along those lines um maybe a little bit more i mean i i don't travel as regularly as these people do. I don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, book the same hotels. I don't, you know, uh, book the same vehicles and, and that type of stuff. But all of that stuff adds up. It sure does. Um, there were also some NXT stars that were included in this list here, Carl. I don't know if you've had a chance to see these ones. Um, the ones that uh, stand out, uh, Cassius Ono uh, from over in NXT UK um, also uh, has been let go. Uh, Tino Sabatelli, uh, this is a guy that... Uh, you know, some people may or may not be aware of. Um, he, he was kind of a in a strange kind of position. He, he was somebody that obviously he, he wanted to be very successful, definitely had the look, uh, just kind of plagued by injury, and then just never really got over persona-wise. Uh, Tynera Conti, that one's not too much of a surprise because she was pretty unhappy, was kind of stirring the pot uh, over there in uh, NXT. Um, one that, uh, a name that I had never heard of, uh, Mars Wang, uh, must've been, um, one of the, the Chinese, uh, talents that they had picked up. Um, when it comes to producers slash trainers, two big ones that stood out to me here, Carl, that, um, still have me scratching my head a little bit. Uh, first one was Lance Storm. Um, that one kind of hits hard a little bit because, I mean, this is a guy, I mean, it hits a little 
you know, close to home for us, you know, being Canadians. Uh, but I mean, he closed up his school essentially to, to go back to the WW to be a trainer. So that, uh, that, that is definitely a tough and Serena Deeb, uh, I feel is a, is a big loss because I mean, she is tremendously talented and good at, uh, at being a trainer. And I feel that that one's a big loss. I think that they should have kept her quite frankly. And again, this comes down to we don't know if they have actually been let go or if they've just been essentially laid off. Um, there, There is the uh, availability, if they were just laid off right now, yeah. that their positions are still going to be there and available for them once this uh, COVID-19 pandemic is over. Um, but still, at this time, they're kind of essentially left out without getting paid. Yeah. Sure, they still have whatever benefits they have, you know, whatever uh, stuff uh, from from that. But a lot of these trainers and stuff don't have royalties that they can get, because and they yeah. don't have merchandise sales that they can get because there are no Lance Storm merchandise, there is no Serena Deeb merchandise. You know, it's it leaves them in a position of going, what are we going to do now to actually have an income? that's coming in while it's all well and good that I still have, you know, some medical benefits or, or something like that. It does me no good when I have no employment. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too that uh, I've actually been uh, by one of our listeners been asked to kind of talk about on this podcast, uh, specifically this week, is to to find out if this is at all tied to the XFL shenanigans going. As as we know of recently, that uh, the uh, XFL has shut down. They have filed for Chapter Eleven or, or what's known as bankruptcy uh, over in the United States, and it, it's come to light that Vince lied about uh, WWE owning part of the XFL. And so people have been asking me if this uh, whole situation here is tied to that at all I really don't know um, I, I can't really speak much on it I don't know t- really anybody on, on kind of the inside uh, so it would just be pure speculation on my part or Carl's part um, we just really don't know um, you know we can guess that maybe it has something to do with that the timing is a little definitely a little suspect because it's happening right afterwards but I, I just I can't really say for certain and I mean y- you're right. I mean, I can't say for certain either, but I take a look at what's going on not only in the United States or Canada, but I take a look at what's going on in the world right now yep. where major companies across the world are doing the exact same thing that the WWE has just done. Uh, no matter what company it is from, you know, vehicle manufacturing companies to uh, bottling companies for like uh, soft drinks to, you know, uh, computer companies, those that are manufacturing computers or selling computers and, you know, stuff like this. It, it, it's, it's all connected, unfortunately, to this yeah. uh, quote unquote pandemic that is happening in the world right now. Um, the WWE is actually just a little bit later in the game, you know, kind of doing this as opposed to right away when all of these other companies have done the exact same thing. So personally, I don't think that there is any tie between what has happened here and what happened with the XFL. I don't think that there is any connection to it at all, but I don't know for sure. That's just my feelings and speculation on it. Yeah, it's a delicate uh, uh, topic to talk about uh, for sure. Now, we had mentioned other companies kind of stepping up and kind of keeping people around. Um, recently, I watched a – I was just kind of scrolling through YouTube, and I saw uh, Chris Van Vliet. I, 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 I always keep feeling like I'm saying his last name incorrectly. But he does some pretty good interviews, and he was talking to Mr. Matt Taven recently. Now, he can't go around and kind of do interviews like he usually does in person – um, but he does, he has been doing them over Skype recently and he, uh, talked to Mr. Matt Taven and Taven basically saying that uh, ring of honor is, um, essentially paying him, uh, what they would normally be paying him if he was working a full schedule right now. So, you know, props to a company like ring of honor for doing this. Um, is this going to kind of affect them financially? It's kind of tough to tell. Like I said, uh, um, Sinclair, who's the parent company, I mean, they're, they're a very wealthy, multi-billion dollar corporation. So this is probably, you know, relatively inexpensive for them to do something like this. Um, like I said, comparing this to the WWE situation really is like comparing apples to oranges because the scale is so much different uh, with this. But uh, it's nice to see that uh, that they're still kind of keeping them around. Um Definitely yeah. it is. Yeah. It's um I've I've seen 
online as well that it's not just Ring of Honor that's doing this, but New Japan Pro New Wrestling Japan. is doing this as well. Yep. Uh, they are still paying their talent regardless of yep. work or anything like that. They're still honoring contracts and, and giving them uh, a payday mm-hmm. uh, coming out of things. So, I mean, we've got two companies, at least now, that we're aware of that are doing this for their uh, for their mm-hmm. talent and their staff. Yep. Um, unfortunately... You know, it says sometimes things have to uh, have to happen and uh, you're not able to do so. And uh, you guys um, are well aware that here in Canada, at least that we we are huge supporters of Canadian wrestling's elite. And um, unfortunately for them right now, they they still are, as we've talked about before, kind of up in the air with uh, what they're doing and what they can do uh, based on you know, regulations that the provinces are putting into place. And uh, there, there's already been some canceled shows. Uh, there's been, you know, talks of rescheduling shows and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. even for Canadian Wrestling's elites, I know that, uh, that uh, the owner over there is doing everything that he possibly can to ensure that people are still getting professional wrestling and still able to go out there and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, make a little bit of money. Um, and I only bring this up because I know that, uh, that the owner over at Canadian Wrestling's Elite has actually put onto their Facebook page a question for people. And I want to throw it out to you guys as well to go to the CWE Canada uh, Facebook page. And he, they did a little while ago an online show. So essentially the same like the WWE has been doing, an empty arena show. Same thing that uh, uh, All Elite Wrestling is doing, an empty mm. arena show. And they put on a show. It was only like three or four matches that they had done. But they were accepting payment from people as a thank you for putting this on, which is helping with a little bit of the costs. Uh, I know as well that that they have like a merchandise store that they have where you can go and support that way as well. Um, So there's, there's other ways that we can actually go and help support these independent promotions that are out there. So go over to the Facebook page. He puts out a, uh, a post that asks, would you like to see more of these happen mm-hmm. that you would, you know, yes. support that you would financially support even with five bucks, mm-hmm. sending them five bucks. And how often would you like to see it? Would you like to see a weekly? Would you like to see a, you know, bi-weekly? Would you like to see a monthly show? Go over to, the, to their Facebook page and just answer that question. And if you're able to, the next time that they're putting on a show, watch it and donate five bucks. Yep. It's going to help a long way in the end of things and still allow these smaller promotions and any promotion that's doing it. I know that there's a lot of promotions that are out there doing stuff like this and that it's it's hard, especially if you're not working as well, to be able to give you know five bucks to each one of these. That gets a little bit expensive. I understand that, but... Find the one that you're happy with mm-hmm. and help them out a little bit as best you can. Because not all companies are able to support their talent like Ring of Honor has been doing and like New Japan Pro Wrestling has been doing as well. So, yeah. Well, I know when it comes to the CWE thing, my answer to Danny would be absolutely yes. I mean, uh, I, I'm rocking my CWE shirt as I am quite often while doing our podcast record here. Um, and also tying with the, the other companies, you know, still paying their talent and whatnot. Because I know there's been some backlash um, from people criticizing WWE for letting so many people go, especially now that there's um, a possibility that, that Vince may have gotten um, significant, uh, possibly in the multi-million dollars uh, a bonus for um, for making these moves and people criticizing that saying, well, you know, why didn't he, you know, take a cut on that stuff to, to keep some of his talent around? I mean, <laughs> that, again, that's a hard thing to talk about because uh, we don't know that for certain whether that's the case. Um, I know that that would probably piss a lot of people off Likely, yeah, and I guess rightfully so. If Vince got a big bonus for firing all these people, but uh, again, you know, that's something that um, people wanted me to address, and I, I can't say for certain uh, exactly what that situation is because I, I wasn't there. So, exactly, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so hard to speak on that because we we're not there in those meetings to really know and find out what's happening. Yeah. Uh, is it a possibility that this uh, bonus per se mm-hmm. is? Because of this, 
who knows? Maybe, maybe it indirectly had something to do with it because yeah. now all, all this money that was going to these talents is now, you know, freed up and able to be used in different places, possibly. Oh. Now, should this have been something that, you know, Vince McMahon rewarded himself for? Mm, I don't know. I think yeah. that if this was something that was going to happen regardless yeah. of of anything, then yeah, maybe that that, you know, that bonus should have been used towards maybe allowing talent to stay so that, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they don't have to be uh, fired or laid off. Yeah. Uh, but again, I don't know the full surroundings exactly. that happened. So again, it's only a speculation on us. And unfortunately, we don't know no. and we really don't want to speculate because then words are put into our mouths that shouldn't have been there. Bingo. Um, so something uh, else that's uh, kind of looks like it's going to happen, and, and again, kind of took me by surprise, low under the radar. It looks like they're going to go ahead with the Money in the Bank show. Um, it's going to be done from the headquarters over there in Connecticut, which is um, probably definitely a first. And the, the marquee match, the Money in the Bank ladder match, which I've never really been particularly fond of. I know when the idea first kind of came out, it was cool. I you know when, when Punk won and uh, some of the early winners, I, I like the idea, but I think it, it it's, doesn't quite have the the um, the impact that it, that it once had. But they're going to do the show from the, the headquarters building, and essentially what's going to be happening here is the match is going to happen inside the building, and then the competitors have to make their way to the roof of the building where a ring has actually already been set up, and then there's a crane up top with a briefcase uh, hanging off of a, I'm assuming going to be a cable off of the crane, and whoever can grab that um, contract will be able to, to cash in whenever they want. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that this will be the first time that a wrestling match will be happening on the rooftop of a building. I don't think anything's ever been done like that before. I, I can't correct you because I'm <laughs> unsure as yeah. to if this has ever been done before. Um, but we ourselves over on our social media, specifically our Facebook page at TB talk pod, um, put out a post about this when it was first announced that this was going to happen, asking for your, uh, views mm -hmm. on this. And, uh, there were some, some, some mixed reviews. I didn't get anything actually on the post, but I had people message me and, and, and kind of go, Hey, this is my view on it. And I'm getting some really mixed reviews. Um, I'm getting some people saying that, Oh, the, you know, this shouldn't happen and should just keep it, you know, inside the performance center and just have it a classic, uh, you know, uh, ladder match for mm -hmm. the contract. And, you know, then I've had other people on the other end of the spectrum and including myself who are going, this is something different and innovative and something that at this time, when you have all the sports channels that are showing WWE products yeah. that are showing different WrestleMania showing right now, even different money in the bank ladder matches, uh, pay-per-views that have happened. So we have all of this that's going on. So why not do something a little bit different to kind of pique the interest of some other outside people that are not, you know, necessarily huge fans of the, of the WWE uh, and maybe have them go, wow, this is something a little bit different. Maybe I'll have to see about tuning into this. And uh, so, I mean, kudos to them for thinking kind of outside the box, especially in a time where uh, we're going who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. So uh, good for them. And I, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes and, and how well they do with this. Um, my question is, is this only going to be, uh, the two ladder matches, the men's and the women's that are going to be happening at the, uh, uh, the headquarters in Connecticut. And we're going to see the other matches on the card happening at the performance center. Or are we going to have, just all of the matches up on the rooftop <laughs> and you know, the, the ladder matches actually starting at the bottom of the building, having to work their way up. Uh, have you heard anything on that big Joe as to what is going to actually happen with the pay-per-view and the other matches on the card? I mean, you could kind of uh, play around a little bit. If you wanted, you could have your, your lower cards happening literally lower in the building and then as we're kind of building up to the significant of the matches we're moving up in the building all the way up to the roof for the main match um i, I don't know for certain um my 
speculation would be that they would likely do um, the non-money in the bank matches from the PC. That's uh, the performance center, and then the rest of the uh, the money the the money in the bank ladder matches themselves will actually happen in the building. And I also think that there's a very high possibility that those will be like a movie style kind of pre-produced type of thing, like we saw with the the two uh, segments at WrestleMania. That's one thing that I think that they will uh, be going with with that. And honestly, I'm okay with that. I definitely have been a fan of this. Um more cinematic type mm-hmm. of showing that's been out there. Uh, I've been I've been very happy with it, and uh, if we continue to see uh, you know matches like that happening, I'm cool with it. Yep. The I guess the only question that remains now is: Will Shane McMahon be involved in some respect, and is he going to want to jump off the top of that building? Uh, let's hope not. He will jump off the top <laughs> of that building. If he doesn't, we riot. Right. No, 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 oh, Shane, man. please do yeah, not do, yeah. do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 I don't want to see that happen. Please, yeah. no. Okay, like Jerry Bruckheimer to, to produce uh, Money in the Bank and it just like explosions over the place. And yeah, uh, that's, that would actually kind of be pretty entertaining. All right, man. Um, speaking of entertaining, let's go to our match of the week segment. Now, I will be. Right up front with everybody this week. I did not get to watch very much wrestling. In fact, the only wrestling I got to watch this week was AEW Dynamite. Um, and a little bit uh, of uh, some old Ring of Honor stuff. Um, so my match of the week is actually going to come from Ring of Honor. It's coming from May of 2019. This happened a few days after the the show that I got to uh, to go watch in uh, Toronto, the, the War of the Worlds. And my match of the week is going to be Mr. Matt Taven defending the Ring of Honor World Championship versus Mark Haskins. And... Wow, this was an incredible match. Uh, took a good portion of uh, of the show, and uh, these guys put on a hell of a match. Now, you guys can't see this in the recording, but I'm seeing Carl's reaction, and I have a sneaking suspicion that we have the same pick. <laughs> I think it just happened. I think it just happened. Yes, it did. Uh, <laughs> we, we did not. I didn't plan this. I didn't plan this. Same pick. Here. This is crazy. Um, I don't know. Like, cause I, I wrote it down. I'm trying to, wow. to get it into the view of the camera yep. here for Big Joe it. to see. I can see it. Yep. Um, but it, yeah, this is not uh, scripted. That's, folks. that's what I wrote down this as well. Matt scripted. Taven versus Mark Haskins, War of the Worlds, Man. Grand Rapids, Michigan, 2019. Crazy, crazy, dude. Um, yeah, that fantastic bully Ray kind of getting involved at the end. Yep. Um, Taven getting the underhanded win. Yeah, fantastic. And um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that match. Uh, great back and forth. Uh, it was a relatively small crowd there. I thought they did a really good job on that tour. Like I said, that's one that I got to uh, go see. Got to meet Taven in person. Very cool cat. Um, very kind of uh, low-key, but uh, puts on a great uh, performance. And, and Haskins did uh, great in that job uh, as well. And, um, of course, Bully Ray being Bully Ray, uh, modern day, and, and uh, being that uh, really good heel there. So some good stuff. Oh, yeah. And um, still. Definitely it yeah. was. Yep. And then still kind of scratching my head how we ended up picking the same match without uh, talking to each other about it. That is pretty uh, pretty Right? Crazy. All right, man. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I was just able to, because I have uh, Ring of Honor still recording on my PBR, I've actually uh, caught WWE over the over the past week. Yeah. Um, whether it was, you know, happening live or whether it was happening a little bit afterwards, because like I, like I said before, the sports networks are really throwing a lot of professional wrestling out there for us right now. Um yeah, I mean, it, it it taped for me, Ring of Honor. So I was like, cool, sweet. So the next day, the next morning, because it tapes at midnight here for me. So I was able to watch it the next morning, and I'm like, wow. And I love that they're doing, and this is something that Ring of Honor has been doing lately, is there, and we talked about this, and I said that this is exactly what should have been done. Mm-hmm. They're taking stars and doing like almost like a retrospective on their career, and yep. they're talking about some of their favorite matches and some of, you know, the, the different stuff that's, that's happened over their career, and then showing you know, one or two of those matches. So kudos to Ring of Honor for doing that. I've been very happy with that to actually see a little bit of uh, some past stuff that's happened with these stars. And then even this last one, they, you know, I, I believe it was um, Adam Cole that that, mm. that kind of made some, some little bit of appearances uh, in, in there uh, because of some of the older stuff that he has done with yeah. Ring of Honor before. So, I mean, I was I was very happy to see, you know, so, some different things coming out of 
this and not just Ring of Honor saying we're going to do an empty arena show, but giving more of a retrospective. So um, for me, anyways, I'm very happy with that. And I know that there are others that are, too, because they have talked to me about that. Uh, And I from gathering from what I'm seeing from Big Joe, he's happy with that (laughs) as well. So good stuff from Ring of Honor and flabbergasted again that uh, we had the exact same pick this week. Yep, very strange. Uh, before we take our break and do our showstopper segment, a couple of uh, breaking news things I want to touch on. Uh, we are recording the day before we release. So as you all know, we release our podcast on Tuesdays and we normally record on Wednesday afternoons. Uh, it looks like tonight on Monday Night Raw, a couple of released stars will be showing up on the show in the form of Mike and Maria Canellis, um, or known as Mike and Maria Bennett. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they are going to do there. Um, to the best of my knowledge, that's the first time that released um, individuals will be showing up on programming. So uh, interested to see what they all kind of do there. And then um, Carl has something to say about that as well. Yeah. On, on that note, it, it does, from what I'm reading, from what Maria put out there on Twitter, it does not say that they're going to be on the show. Okay. It says that they have an announcement during oh. the show. Okay. So in this age of technology, that could be that they've decided maybe they're going to do a Facebook Live Hmm. or they're going to do an Instagram Live or something like that during the show to make some sort of announcement, possibly saying, you know, hey, after 30 days, we're able to go free to wherever we want. And we've already decided where we're going and it's going to be. And that could be the announcement that they're talking about, not necessarily on the show. Mm hmm. It'll be interesting to see that. Um, now, because I haven't watched SmackDown in a long time, in fact, I've been watching uh, WWE Weekly programming much since WrestleMania, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, there's been this mystery hacker uh, kind of segment going on in SmackDown. And, of course, the speculation has been that it's CM Punk. Um, uh, it almost kind of feels like they're kind of almost going towards this Midnight Rider kind of gimmick that's been done in several different iterations in the world of professional wrestling. It feels like that's kind of the way that they're going uh, with this. And um, I honestly don't know um, much about it or, or what's going to kind of happen. I mean, it, it's kind of an interesting uh, thing, but uh, given that I haven't watched SmackDown in a while, I can't say too much on it, but uh, it sounds kind of interesting, this mystery hacker kind of deal. Yeah, definitely it does. Um, it, it's It seems to be kind of focused on tag teams, is what's happening there. So it, it, yeah. it'll be very interesting to uh, to see where they go and what they do with this. Um, they're kind of almost going with, with this like anonymous approach to things. And uh, if any of you are like conspiracy theorists or anything like that, um, you know that anonymous is, is a group that kind of puts their own views out there. Um, so yeah, um, it'll be very, very interesting to see. So I just want to touch back on uh, Maria and Mike for a moment here. I do have the tweet up in front of me. Um, there's four different pictures that are on this tweet. One just Maria and then the other three are of Maria and Mike. Um, all in different promotions. Now it just says, tonight during Raw, Mike and I will be making an announcement. And I want to read the hashtags and the ats to you. It says hashtag non-essential workers, hashtag non-essential family, hashtag quarantine life, Mm -hmm. hashtag Monday thoughts. And then they uh, tagged the WWE, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact, Ring of Honor, AEW, and then Maria tagged uh, Mike Bennett in that as well. So nowhere in there does it say on the actual programming it just says during raw and then it has a hashtag monday thoughts Mm -hmm. so it leads me to maybe believe that this is something that they might be doing every monday and that it could be uh, an announcement towards something like that as well that they're going to during raw go live uh, on whatever so that's uh that's that, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I just I wanted to make sure that I had it correct. And, and it, it that that is 100 percent correct. It just says tonight during Raw, Mike and I will be making an announcement. Nice. Yeah, so that's about it for breaking news. Other stuff is just kind of speculation about all these releases and whatnot. Um, uh, it sounds like uh, the. Uh, 
team of uh, Luke Gallus and Carl Anderson, it sounds like they're, they're pretty bitter about their, um, they're being let go from the company. I mean, those guys uh, could pretty much go anywhere and be successful as a tag team. They could also split up to um, supposedly Carl wants to go to AEW and um, Gallows would probably go back to New Japan. So they could split up. They could stay together, go somewhere. We don't really know. It's one of those wait and see type things really when it comes to that. So, all right. And we'll be right back with our showstopper segment this week. And we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Vince Russo and possible involvement with AEW. We'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar and Evo. Visit CollarandEvilBrand.com where you can get an additional 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, including this week's featured item, the Mirror Pullover Hoodie. Alright guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes we are guys, thank you! For sticking with us through that break and coming to the best part of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our show stopper segment. Yeah, absolutely, Carl. We have a bit of an interesting one here this week revolving around somebody that uh, people probably aren't expecting here. Now, we're talking about Mr. Vince Russo and him basically offering an olive branch out to AEW offering to to help them as a company. Now, before we get into the full-on discussion here, what, what's your overall take on Mr. Vince Russo and the impact he's had on the industry? There's lots of varying opinions out there, mm-hmm. but, I mean, you take a look at, at, at stuff inside WCW that happened when Vince Russo was there at the helm, none of that stuff would have ever happened. And, and I mean, is that a good thing or I think I don't know. I think that if Vince Russo wasn't there, that it would have been a bad thing. Um, is the guy a complete idiot? I don't think he's completely an idiot. Um, is there some idiocracy there? Yes, I do believe sure. that there is. But uh, in his own way, he has been good for the business of professional wrestling. Um, my thing right now is what does Vince Russo really think needs to be helped with AEW? Well, one thing we, we have to, to keep in mind with this too, uh, going back to the attitude era that everybody seems to love so much without Vince Russo, a good portion of that doesn't happen either. So has he done some bad, some questionable stuff in the industry? Sure. Who hasn't? Um, but he's done quite a bit of good too. I mean, a good portion of the attitude era wouldn't have happened. And that seems to be the era that everybody loves. And then everybody's so quick to kind of shit on Vince Russo, but then they're like, Oh, but the attitude era was so great. I'm like, well, if that's the case, you're being a little hypocritical there. So you need to, um, you know, kind of research things a little bit and you'll find out that he was behind a good portion of that kind of stuff. Was every idea fantastic? No. Uh, Brawl for all great example. Uh, the whole thing with that really is he just wanted to get, have JBL get his ass knocked out. You know, that was essentially what was uh, the whole motivation for that whole thing. So, um, yeah. So, when it comes to helping AEW, uh, it, it's a tough one because we know that uh, Vince likes to kind of, and I'm talking Mr. Vince Russo, not Mr. Vince McMahon. Uh, that could be easy to mix up. Um, is that he likes to kind of push the envelope with some of these ideas and some of these storylines. Uh, could that be good? Could that be bad for EEW? It's tough because we're, we're, we're living in a different kind of era now when it comes to pushing the envelope with a lot of this kind of stuff. People are very easily offended these days. And a lot of these ideas that he may have might not go over so well. They could. Who knows? But we all know that it's it's so hard to kind of come up with some edgy ideas because you just don't know who you're going to offend these days because there's so many people that are easily offended. Definitely there is. Now, given since AEW Dynamite's inception, mm-hmm. there has been one week where the WWE NXT was, what, a handful of numbers better yeah. than dynamite so i'm I'm trying to understand and i wish that that uh, russo would have really elaborated a little bit more on this but what does he think needs to be helped or fixed with aew right now because clearly what they've been doing has been minus one week yeah. killing it so where what is it that he is he's not seeing that yeah. 
obviously we're not seeing either. I would love to hear Russo elaborate a little bit more on this open-ended offer to help AEW. I think it's probably more of along lines. I don't think that he feels that there's anything wrong with the the program or what's going on. Just I think he feels he could add maybe a little bit more to it, maybe add a little bit more spice to it, or or whatever it may be. Um, it, it's a tough call to make because I mean he's been successful and yet he's been a detriment at the same time. So it's, I guess it's a matter of you know if we're going to bring this guy in. Is it, are we going to get the good Russo or are we going to get the bad Russo? So it's a, it's a tough call to, to make. And, uh, it's going along with that too. It's, it's like bringing in Jim Cornette. Where are you going to get, are you going to get the, uh, are you going to get the, the old school Jim Cornette who likes to kind of be edgy with his commentary talking about fried chicken in Ethiopia, or are you going to get the the Jim Cornette being a good boy, uh, which doesn't happen all too often. So, you know, when you're dealing with some of these guys, you just, you don't know what you're going to get. And especially if you're going to put them on, on television and put the, put a mic, uh, in front of their face, um, you might be a little shocked at what you're going to (laughs) get. Let's put it that way. Yeah, definitely you will. Uh, It's very hard to tell what is happening in somebody's mind when they think that they can help out another company. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time where we want to tell you to give us your opinion. Yes. We want you to go to our social media page. Go to Turnbuckle Talk Podcast with Joe and Carl or at TB Talk Pod. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I am in the process of putting out a post onto Facebook right now talking about this showstopper segment. We want your view and your opinion on this as well. Go to our Facebook page and leave us your comments underneath the post where it talks about Vince Russo has offered an open-ended offer to AEW in hopes of helping so go something along that lines is going to be on the facebook page and we want your guys opinion on this as well make sure that you're following us at tb talk pod on facebook instagram and twitter and leave us your comments because we love interacting with you guys absolutely all right, man. Well, I guess it's a good way to wrap things up this week um, to all our listeners out there. We're, we're still dealing with this uh, virus uh, going on here, so just you know, stay safe. Uh, try and stay apart from each other as much as possible. Try not to touch your face. Keep your hands clean. You know, use some common sense, and uh, let's uh, flat out this curve, and let's uh, let's start uh, getting healthy again, folks. So uh, on that note, uh, let's wrap it up, Carl, and we'll see you on the next one. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run.